Okay, we are back for another episode of Wigs for Wigs. I'm joined once again by Bill Venezia. Bill, how are you doing today? Good, Joe. Very good. A lot of water has gone under the bridge since we've had our last uh, session. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been a little chaotic scheduling these uh, between your retirement, my little child yeah. at home, and, a, and an overload of classes at school. Um, my son just had surgery yesterday, so even this is a little bit stressful, but... I have the week off this week. We wanted to get something in. So, and a lot's been happening, as you said. So, yeah. where do you want to dive in first? There's been quite a bit. Well, uh, let's, uh, the, the, I guess, the, the, if we go backwards, you know, to the, uh, to the civil case, the judgment against the Trump organization. Trump organization civil case. Yeah. yeah. So, Trump uh, has been found, well, he was found guilty prior to it, but the judge affixed the, the, the price tag to what Trump owes at 550 million or 350 million, which was, uh, or 55, 355. 355, yeah. yeah. And that was a little less than what uh, the uh, the attorney general would teach. Although I, I read that with interest and things and some other fees and things, it could actually be closer to 400 or 450. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I heard too. Uh, now, I guess, he can appeal that, but he has to put the money in escrow first. And uh, then the appeal goes through. Uh, I have no idea what the appeal will do other than to, uh, you know, you know, delete his pocketbook even more. I I don't really know what he would be appealing. Um. I think he would be appealing the number, you know, uh, the the number he has to pay. Um, I don't, there is, he does have, rights to do that well of course you have the right but i'm just not sure what exactly i mean again you said he'll have to put more money into lawyers and everything not that we we know he doesn't do great at paying his lawyers but um to cover additional cases and things if he goes to appeal at at what point does it just not become worth it i mean i i I know there's not great certainty about his liquid assets to pay this kind of fine as well as the one in the Eugene Carroll case, but uh, at some point you got to <laughs> pay the piper. Yeah, well, it looks like he's going to have to pay the piper in, in these these two cases, um, and it brings up an in- interesting point because nobody really knows what his assets are, whether liquid or in real estate or in trust or whatever. Uh, where's the money going to come from? Is it going to come from him? He is. He's uh, a what? Sneaker sales. <laughs> sneaker sales. Did you I, see I, his sneaker? I, I saw those things. I, t- <laughs> you know, I am I am tempted just for my political collection to buy a pair of them. Uh, I don't think he'll get with Michael Jordan's sneakers if they're selling. <laughs> you know, uh, he's more famous than Michael Jordan. He's a, he could probably play basketball better than Michael Jordan if you asked him. <laughs> you know, but. I, seriously, you know, his uh, streams of money, are they going to come from somebody, say, Elon Musk? Is Musk going to fund that? Is he going to write a check for him? You know, uh, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see. Is it going to come from the Saudi, Saudis? Is it going to come from, you know, I, I think that it's not foolproof that another entity could pay, his, could pay that, you know? Um, I mean, he's already trying to do all sorts of fundraising to pay it. It's amazing how his supporters don't seem to have any issue with the fact that this supposedly incredibly successful, incredibly rich businessman needs their help to pay his legal fees. 
it's it's sad to see that, you know, and, and I'm telling you, they're not deplorables. They aren't, but they're, they're not, they have been hoodwinked to the nth degree. So they, I'll put, put it politely. If you believe they are, that he really is the most mega successful businessman in the history of the world, why does he need people donating $10, $20 to help him pay his fines? And, and that's, where the, that's where basically his money is coming from right now. Unfortunately, that money's been used to pay their, uh, their legal fees, uh, and his legal fees. Uh, he's paid an estimated $55 million in legal fees. The lawyers have caught up to him because his lawyers are not basically taking you know, a small retainer. They're asking for the monies up front. You know, and then whatever, you know, imagine what they're billing out. Except maybe this Alina Haba lady who seems to be just not much of a lawyer to, no, to begin no. with. How did she pass the bar? I, I, it, it, it's, it's amazing. From I mean, what we heard about what happened inside the courtroom, because, again, there's no cameras in a courtroom in New York. But the kind of basic things that she was getting scolded for by the judge are just remarkable. I mean, it really well, does I, seem like. Something that somebody who's an actual practicing lawyer should not be having an issue with that. How to introduce evidence into a case and things like that. Like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But that's well, you know why she has the job because she looks pretty on camera. Oh, she's she's a nice looking lady. She really <laughs> is. It's I guess that's it. I guess that's how we he hires them basically if they'll take the job. Number one and number two, if they're if they're female, it has to be that they're attractive. Yeah, because the ratings. You know, if they're male, they have to be kind of a blowhard, um, well, the aggressive guy, person. You know, moving over to the case in Georgia, which seems to be like on hold right now because of the what judge's clown decision. Show. Yeah. When, you know, I, not that the, the attorney is supposed to be very good who's representing him in Georgia. He's supposed to be a good attorney. Uh, and he, he brought the case up. It was so lean on evidence to support the claim that the that you know they're prejudiced or or that you know it's uh, uh, a conflict of interest. Conflict I don't know how that interest is what they were accusing. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't they didn't supply the evidence to support that. You know, it didn't come out in both those days of televised hearings. When does the judge make a decision, or is that indefinite? Or indefinite, I believe. Soon, soon. <laughs> you know, I would, I would that, that, that great legal know. specific term. Soon, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's it, he's great at one thing. They can stall. I mean, uh, this I mean, is that's like, all he's trying to do. So this is better than North Carolina's four corners. You know, in basketball, <laughs> just, just basically sit on it. As a know? UNC fan, I appreciate that, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I went, by the way, just as an aside, I went to see Hudson Catholic uh, play St. Peter's Prep for the Oh, Hudson you went to the game? Champions. I went to the game. I wasn't packed. able to go. Packed. It was packed. And uh, I watched a little bit of it on YouTube because they live streamed it. It wasn't a great quality, but I, I was able to watch some of it. Well, the, the actual quality of the game was a little less, too. Hudson Catholic plays phenomenal defense. They... They can, they can get inside. They can rebound for their size. Neither team was that tall. Yeah. But Prep could shoot from the outside, and that was the bugaboo for Hudson Catholic. They forced it because of their defense to go to overtime. But in, yeah. they, they got worn out a little bit, and, and they ended up losing by six. But it was yeah. a – and the kid who was the All-American, you know, came up a little bit short. He, yeah, he, he, did not, he didn't have a good game. You know, but uh, but it was it was it was great. And well, the I, thing was, I said this all year long with them that their offense was so dependent on him 
Yes. Like he yes. scored about 90% of the points for the team throughout the season. Yeah. And I don't know, you just you can't really no. count on that every if single you, game. If you play a good team, you know, St. Peter's prep is certainly a good team. If you play a good team, they're going to take him away, you know, or limit his production, which they did. He came on at the end of the game, and he was the one who forced the overtime. Yeah, I mean, because they were down towards the end, and they yeah. were able to tie it up with the – But, you know, it's the law of diminishing returns. But to get back to, to Trump, um, when do you think the Supreme Court is going to basically rule on the immunity? Because everything's on hold. Yeah, he made the appeal. (laughs) It's on an accelerated timeline that he had to make the appeal. I I really hope the outcome is the Supreme Court simply says, we're not touching this one right now. You have to go to trial. And if you're found guilty at trial, then you can appeal these constitutional issues and we'll deal with them again. But every court at every level has been unanimous on this topic. I mean, there's no... There's been no dissent at the appeals level. There was no dissent um, among the, the panel of judges that ruled on this. What is there possibly for the Supreme Court to take up on this no, question I, of whether he's immune? I, I There is agree. no disagreement no. among the legal, um, the judges that have ruled on this issue so far. I agree with you. I think they did a comprehensive uh, uh, finding and I, I don't think that the I think the Supreme Court's way out of this, given the fact that their predilection would to basically uh, to just say he's immune. Uh, I think that they can't do that because the law is pretty specific, and the, and the the appellate court's ruling was so comprehensive and so right. well grounded into the law that they'll basically. They'll, they'll just throw it back to the court. Yeah, and you're right. And then basically say with, with that ruling stance. Well, let's just look at the court, right? You, you need four judges to go along with something for the court to even take it up. So we got Clarence Thomas certainly would do it because, well, his own family is involved in January 6 issues uh, yeah. with his wife. Let's say Kavanaugh takes it up. Who else agrees oh, to take this up? Alito? Maybe Alito? Um, I, I don't know. Would the, uh, would Gorsuch take it up? I don't know. I feel like he's been a pretty precedent reliant judge and the, the appeals court ruling was so heavy on laying out what the legal precedent and law was that what would he actually see as an issue to take up? Yeah. I, I think I, the easiest way for the Supreme court to go, um, if you want to be a little bit cynical about the Supreme court, which nobody wants to be um they're pillars of justice but um they also heard the case about trump's eligibility to be on the ballot in colorado they could i think issue their ruling that he's eligible still to be on the ballot and within a a day or two of that issuing say but we're also not going to take up the immunity case so that's a little bit of a right a bit of a 50 sides that yeah we're giving you this one trump but we're not even going to bother with this one (laughs) come back to us later if you're found guilty i mean all of this is dependent on him being found guilty anyway right you gotta got a unanimous jury um that's going to be an issue how do you put a jury together in a trial for donald trump uh in washington dc uh it'll be tremendous anywhere how do you find 12 people who have not expressed an opinion about donald trump (laughs) Now, 
would Donald Trump would Donald Trump have the option? This is where we need Ed DeFazio. Would Donald Trump have the opposite, uh, the option of basically presenting to a judge and getting a judge's decision rather than a jury trial? Or is that passed? I don't think he would want to take that chance with Judge Chutkin in the DC no. case. No, I don't think he would either. You're right. That's that's not an option. Um, well, you know, she's I, been I, pretty harsh on on she's heard, she's heard a lot of nine uh uh, January 6th cases have been pretty pretty tough on the people. Uh, well, when you get death threats, I think that does join the shoe and, and make well, sure. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, that's what you should be doing, I, no. I think. But um, I don't think that would work in Trump's best interest to leave it up to Judge Chutkin, unless he could that's somehow true. get a change of venue and a change of judge. Although they already tried that. They tried to disqualify Judge Chutkin from the case. And, and an appeals court said that's nonsense. Um, well, the, so we're, we're frozen with the with the the federal we're kind case. of frozen with every case except for the New York the New York hush case. money case right the now. hush money case <laughs> because and, I don't know what the hell's going on in Florida with the classified documents case. Uh, that's you know what I don't either. This that judge has judge, just kept on well, as everybody kind of suspected she would. Yes, has just kind yes. of let it go. Um, you know, so there's been I, no progress on that case at all. No, I get that no. that one had some complicated issues for scheduling because you had to get people, you know, get clearances and things. But there's been nothing on that case for months, no. meaning it's not coming to trial this year for sure. Definitely um, not. Definitely not. So that uh, case is is out the window. Um, yeah. The Georgia case is up in the air now because of the issues with the prosecutor, which who knows when the judge will rule on that. What do you think the judge is going to rule on that? I think they're probably going to leave everything alone. I, my personal opinion is based on not religiously watching the two days of testimony. Yeah, I didn't either. I, but. You know, I watched a little bit of it, but I, I, I trusted the, the uh, people who basically kind of dissected it, what they, what they felt. And I think that, th that it's going to stand and that's going to go to trial. Might you, be that, you then have to still schedule that, so you have to get that yeah. back on the schedule. So that's up in the air and, and indefinite for now, probably not before the election. Yeah. Um, well, you never know. I don't know about that one. It all depends on how quick that judge moves. Now, don't you think behind the scenes that judge, who is a Republican, has basically been entreated by sources unknown on behalf of Donald Trump to, to stall it out at the very least? Well, certainly. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't have any doubt about that. Um, yeah. So then you're left with the New York hush money case, which is set now on the calendar for March March 25th, because they were a little bit up in the air calendar wise because of the federal case. But because that had to get taken off the schedule during appeals about immunity, the New York case is set now. That's going to be the first one to go to trial for better or for worse. And then everything I've heard has been that if the Supreme Court were to step in soon and say they're not going to take up the immunity question that they could probably get that case back on the trial schedule for maybe the end of may or june so right around the time donald trump is wrapping up the republican nomination and officially yeah. becoming the nominee he'll also be starting his federal insurrection i mean i know he's not charged with insurrection but the case related to january 6th yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, well, I, I think that the New York case is important because, uh, number one, it's a criminal case. Yeah, it's a crime. We talked about this before when the case was first brought 
and how everybody was like, well, I don't know about this. And it's a crime. Again, if we had the legal expertise of one uh, Judge Ed DeFazio, we could basically delve into that a little bit with regard to... We had, uh, we had him on shortly after that that um, it, charge it, was brought against Trump, that yeah. indictment. And he was saying, you know, it's a bit of a novel legal theory to make it a felony because you have to com connect the falsifying of documents to another crime. And here they're connecting it to a federal um election uh finance um campaign finance violation which that's a little bit, little bit novel that you're connecting a state crime of falsifying documents with a federal theoretical crime of election uh campaign finance violations but it is a crime i mean even if you just take the misdemeanor part it is a crime he falsified documents is what he's accused of doing what, what's what's interesting with the case that's what he was that, just ordered to pay 350 million dollars for doing that that uh that basically uh verdict in the in the in the civil uh, trial that stuff becomes evidence in this trial yeah um, and, and how do you how does trump call for example his cfo alan weisselberg as a witness now in his in his new york criminal trial when it looks like Weisselberg's about to plead guilty for to a perjury. second time to yeah. perjury. Yeah. I mean, which is going to land him back in Rikers. I mean, I know Michael Cohen is a prosecution witness in that case, and he pled guilty to perjury also. But, you know, if Weisselberg pleads guilty twice, then you have a two-time perjurer versus a one-time perjurer. One-time perjurer. <laughs> Who are you going to believe? <laughs> you know, it all comes down to this. I mean, commonsensically, if you look at this, if a man went to jail or two men went to jail for stuff like this, uh, how is he not guilty when they're acting on his behalf? You know, as, as a layman, as a legal layman looking at this, if, my, if Michael Cohen went to jail and not only did he go to jail, when he was released, he, the, 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 the uh, Trump's j uh, jail, uh, j Justice Department threw him back in jail, yeah. you know, for another few months, you know, I mean, it's, 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 you, you can see, and if you think that's just that's just what will come should Trump be reelected, you, you're talking about you're talking about vindictives and vendettas like like that have come out of the Godfather, you know. Yeah, or out of Russia recently with the death out of Russia. Russia. Yeah, uh, it's just, it's a it's it's a sin. Um, why don't we shift a little bit? to the sad saga of uh, our governing bodies in the Congress and in the, in sure. the Senate. Uh, I cannot believe that, that this the, the Speaker of the House, uh, who has a picture in his office of him and Trump all dressed up in Make America Great Again yeah. attire, is not allowing this to go, go forward because both houses would pass it. Uh, ultimately. Yeah, it would it, get passed if it went forward. In the, the damage to the United States is already done, and only going to get worse. You know, I mean, it's 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 criminal, and yet they're basically fussing. How do, they, how do these guys go home and run on "I'm the best friend of Israel," which a lot of them do? <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, or they're the holding up the aid to Israel, or they care about America's, you know, national. Or that they care about our place in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whether it's Taiwan or you can see the dominoes falling here in terms of the world or in terms of people coming to. They keep saying America is not respected anymore. Well, we're not respected anymore because you're breaking America's commitments to our friends. 
Yeah. I mean, when you think about the it, global order that's held things together since the end of World War II. <laughs> yeah, NATO. And, and that organization has kept Europe anyway, and mostly the world out of a, a, a bigger conflagration. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not looking good. I mean, uh, I, I hate to say it. I mean, I say this with other people all the time who I talk politics with, which is a shrinking number of people. But um, <laughs> what would Ronald Reagan <laughs> or my hero, John McCain, be thinking right now? <laughs> With the way the Republican Party is approaching foreign policy, uh, it, it's spinning in their graves. Ronald Reagan, who called the Soviet Union the evil empire, yep. you know, when Mikhail Gorbachev was not one percent of the evil person that Vladimir Putin is. Yeah. No. And now no. you have Donald Trump saying, "Oh, Russia should be free to attack anybody they want." And actually, I would tell them and encourage them to attack anybody. Oh, he they identified want. Poland. Yeah. As, as where we have basically put a number of troops. And sadly, where I have a... Well, he's never imported a wife for himself from Poland, so I guess that's not a country that matters. <laughs> Maybe it's an anti-Catholic thing. Eastern European countries only matter if he's imported wives for himself. Yeah, yes. Um. <laughs> you know, Joe, all of this is somewhat depressing to a certain degree that we're, we're in this quagmire. <laughs> to a certain degree. <laughs> so can, can we talk about something something positive something that's about are you going to suggest that baseball is positive oh my god yeah i mean we I haven't even to... talked since my lions blew their chance at the super bowl hey, listen me too my, my packers i mean <laughs> you were not by 17 well yeah you had a lead also but we had a lead also <laughs> we had a lead against the 49ers and that game was there for the taking but I'm still happy at, at what's to come in, in football with both the Lions. Yeah, I am too. It's going to be a good get next year. Um, yeah, I think, I think so. You know, um, but, but what has you optimistic about baseball this year? Oh, Joe, I'll tell you. You're a Yankee fan. I'm a Met fan. Everybody who listens to this knows that. But I just think that hope springs eternal. Oh, and, okay. You know, and I, and I just kind of think that. Uh, You're like, Ro- is it Rogers Hornsby who said that when uh, – Winter comes, he just sits and stares outside and waits for spring. Was that I who that was? I think it was Horny. The Yankees play the Tigers on Saturday, though it's not on. Yes, it might be on the radio, but uh, and I, I'll even listen to that nonsense. Oh, I do too. But, I listen, I, I watch or listen to any of the preseason single A players playing <laughs> like the major. I, I'm, ex- I'm excited. We're still alive. We're getting the. Uh, uh, Snell, uh, the Yankees. We got Soto. I mean, uh, short up. Uh, well, that's outfield. true. The Yankees added Soto. They've done yeah. a little bit. But, and by uh, the way, Juan, I, so- Juan Soto is going to hit 70 home runs in that stadium. Uh, you know what? You know, here's the funny thing. He doesn't hit his home runs. He's not a dead pole. Well, he's hitter. not a dead pole hitter, but I think he's oh. going to start being a bit of one. Uh, he, um. he might. That might hurt him. That might hurt him, the, the allure of that short porch. But, uh, the, you know, I, I really think that the Yankees being the new Yankees, you know, the Steinbrenner 2.0 or, or minus 2.0, you know, I'm not sure they're going to sign him for, you know, long-term because you know, he's going to ask for the moon. He's, he's talking about, I think the Padres. I don't know if you trade him. for him if you don't plan to sign him or at least make uh, a serious run at it. I think they'll make a serious run. And I think the Mets frugality is based on the fact that, okay, we'll get him. Well, the Mets, the Mets, I mean, apparently even told Max Scherzer last season before trading him that their plan was 2025. 
they yeah. were going to compete um, again. So did you want to stick around until then, or do you want to be traded? So we have, I mean, we've kind of kept consistent with that this offseason. The Mets did not make much of a splash. You know, we, they, really, we really went off after that new Japanese pitcher, and turns out he was really just using us to drive the price up for Los oh, Angeles. Oh, absolutely. He never intended to come to New York. Yeah, um, he and the other Japanese player, there was no yeah. way they were going anywhere but the Dodgers. Well, the Mets didn't make a serious push for Otani uh, no. in the end. Uh, no. But I don't think Otani had any intention of ever coming east. You know what the I mean? Blue Jays were the ones that seemed to be the patsies for Otani in his yep, negotiation. Um, yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's 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 interesting. I kind of like the you know the David and Goliath with, with the America with the National League because the Dodgers the Dodgers have done this before. Yeah. I mean, they've pulled off one World Series championship. Well, that's you know, the amazing thing that with everything they've spent the and added season. over the last several years, they've won yeah. one World Series. Yeah, I mean, and look what the Arizona... Even at the trade deadline, every year, it seems like the Dodgers somehow are able to get everybody they want. I don't know. Where I want the Department of Justice to investigate is how the heck did they pull that off with Otani deferring all that money? $2 million a year they're going to pay. Now, he's going to make that money in endorsements that's, you know, like in Japan and the United States. Yeah, he's not going to struggle for money, but... Oh, no, absolutely not, but... Ultimately, that major league baseball uh, also has to make a change. They can't yeah. let teams get out of luxury tax obligations and things by doing this. Yeah, I mean, this was de- definitely an end run around. Everybody's that, but- kind of taking advantage of that. All the big market teams with some deferred money, but this was just a ridiculous example. <laughs> this took it to the extreme of yeah. seventy million dollars a year becomes two million a year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's uh, it's it, you know what it, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they change the rules but ultimately the Dodgers are going to have to pay a piper at some time this is like selling your soul to the devil the bill comes due you know what I mean no uh, uh, will never get his money who, who knows what the threshold will be with salaries by that time you know because yeah. you're talking about 10 year defer well I think that's kind of well, what they're betting on is that salaries will have ex- escalated so much and inflation and other things that it will actually save them money in the long yeah. run. Well, Which it, I've seen analysis, you know, I'm a Mets fan, of the infamous Bobby Bonilla contract where the Mets yeah. paid him, pay him $1.1 million for 30 years, which is still going on, rather than well, paying him the $6 million he was owed when we released him. And it, somehow, you know, these math people, you know, nerds, um, say – that somehow that saved the Mets money because of what the value of money has changed over time between 2003 and now. I don't get how that could possibly be the case. But you know, um, Bobby Bonilla's eight million dollars uh, at eight percent is now which they owed him has turned into thirty three point five million. God right. bless him. God <laughs> bless him. If, okay. if there was ever a guy who should be count as lucky stars for, and praised free agency, it's Bobby Bonilla. Well, you know why the Mets did that, right? It was because the the Wilpons were so sure about their investments with this wonder investor oh, named Madoff. Bernie Madoff. <laughs> that will pay it down the road, no problem. <laughs> you know, Joe, I, I when I look at the Mets and I look at the Yankees, I I. I think the Mets were, you know, like really short side. Now they, 
they they have some gambles. They did. I think they basically did a decent job in showing up that bullpen, which they're going to need. The it bullpen too. is going to be better. There's no doubt yeah. about that. I mean, Edwin yeah. Diaz coming back alone. I mean, just Diaz coming back, but that start, that probably is worth ten to fifteen losses itself. Last year was the Diaz yeah. injury. No, oh, easily because everybody had to move up a spot in the bullpen, and they weren't capable of doing that. Yeah. Now, what do you think they're going to get out of that that uh, rotation? You know, that's the that's the most worrying part. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I honestly think they're gonna they're gonna be able to hit, but let's talk about the eight hundred pound gorilla. What are they thinking? Why is Bo Vaughn back? What are they oh. thinking about Alonso? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, I tried to make a bad Mo Vaughn joke there, but uh, about the eight hundred pound gorilla, but <laughs> yeah, Mo Vaughn. It's well. I remember somebody saying Mo Vaughn was complaining about sitting on the bench with the Mets. How do you think the bench felt about it? Oh, oh God, God, yeah. He, <laughs> But, but I don't understand it. I don't understand. I don't know why they haven't signed him yet and locked that uh, down. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it, is he represented by Boris also? He is. He's, oh, he's, okay. he's a Boris client. There's, there's the so reason. That's, probably, that's part of it. But yeah. they haven't even entered into any kind of serious negotiations about it. No. All they did was talk about, <laughs> the, you know, this one-year contract. That's it. You yeah. know, I, I, I'm wondering, you know, if he's going to – if if the lack of any kind of progress is going to push him out the door, you know, I'm worried about that myself. Cause I like Pete. Yeah. I do too. I, I think he's, I, I honestly believe that WFAN uh, in the person of uh, Sal Licata uh, yeah. has alienated, who's a, a supposed Met fan. He started this nonsense that he's not a good clubhouse there. Uh, you know? Yeah. I know. I, I, how does he know? How does he know? Has he been in that clubhouse? I guess he has. But, well, I'm just uh, looking ahead to their, what could their plan possibly be? It can't be that they plan to go to a different first baseman in free agency next year. Cause here's the free agent first baseman after this season, Pete Alonzo, Josh Bell, who Josh Bell is a fine backup yeah, major league player. But, um, Paul Goldschmidt, who would have been great 10 years ago, but he's going to be 38 years old next year. You're not signing him to a long-term contract. Reese Hoskins, Trey Mancini, Anthony oh, Rizzo, Reece, unless the Yankees Reece, exercise an option on him. Re Carlos Reece, Santana, who's just as likely to retire after this year. Oh, as another else. guy that's pretty old. Reese Hoskins signed a, a three-year deal uh, with somebody. But he can uh, opt out after this year. He can opt out? He has an opt out after this year. All right. Okay. Rowdy Telez, Justin Turner, and Christian Walker. Justin that's all Turner's... the free agent first baseman after this season. Did anybody sign Justin Turner? Um, I think so. He was with did. He was with Bo Oh, Toronto. Toronto. Toronto signed. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he's going to play third base. Yeah, he signed with Toronto. So. They're not bringing Chapman back. I mean, no, Chapman's still out there. So yeah, I, I mean, it's it's interesting to see too all of all the Boris uh, people who are without contracts right now. Well, that that also, I mean, looking at that list, that could be part of Boris's idea that. Pete will clearly be the cream of the crop of free agent first baseman next year. Yeah. You know, again, Paul Goldschmidt, if it was seven years ago, fine, but he's going to be 38 years old. You know, he's now, not. <laughs> what do you, what do you pay him? What do you pay Alonzo? Is he going to get judge money? Judge money. Is he as valuable? I don't think it's quite that? judge money. All right. Cause so judge, judge has an MVP judge has some other hardware and things that. Uh, I think I think Alonzo has more home runs than Judge over the he past. He does over the years. course of the time that he's played. Um, 
I don't think the number is significant, and Judge has missed time. Alonzo really only had one injury. No, in no he, he, he's there all the time. That's another thing. He's durable. You know, and he's and he's improved as a first baseman defensively. I, th- I think Alonzo doesn't get enough credit as a first baseman. No, I agree. I, agree. I think people think back to the first couple of years of his career when he was kind of stumbling around out there, yeah. and they look at him and he doesn't look all that athletic at first base, and they unfairly judge it. I think he's actually a, a fairly solid first baseman. No, I agree defensively. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I agree. I, I'm thinking he's going to probably ask for three and, and settle somewhere between 250 and three. I, th- yeah. I think he'll probably get around three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and truthfully, there are teams that are, are looking that want him now. I mean, you're talking about, I don't know how much the Brewers are going to be in that race. You know, they, they take him as a loner. That's for sure. If the Mets decide yeah. they can't sign him. But in terms of t- teams that would shell out the money. I mean, Chicago, Chicago, he yeah. killed That's that. That's who I was thinking of first. Also it was Chicago, uh, Chicago. He killed that stadium. You know what I mean? Uh, he'd be, he, and you know what? They're, they'll support him because they, those fans are more long suffering than Mets fans. You know, how about Chicago just hiring away? Um, uh, great, great council as manager. <laughs> Nobody knew it was coming. Nobody even knew that they no. interviewed with him. No, but it's it, for him. They gave him pretty good security. Plus, they're giving him, I think, his eight million a year. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a manager. manager ever. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty darn good. I think uh, I think the Yankees. I, I think Aaron Boone better be looking is going to be looking over his shoulder. They get off slow. He's got Joe Girardi in the S booth. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was and, not excited about the Mets' managerial decision either. First of all, I, ne- I never thought they should have fired Buckshaw Walter. I didn't think that was the I right agree. call. I think I'm a Bucks fan, good. but also it wasn't his fault that no. Edwin Diaz got injured and some of the other things went wrong this year. I mean, I think we did as well as we could have, really, with some of the circumstances we were dealt. Um, I, I think that uh, that's a shame. I think Buck was a good man. I think Buck was hamstrung. He came out with it, although he's pretty much a good soldier, that, hey, the analytics people told well, me. And – but he acquiesced to it. And he managed the press well in New York. Oh, God. Which is something you can't know how a manager is going to do until they've done it. And Buck was a star with the, the media. He was. There was never, you know, negative stories really coming out about the Mets clubhouse and things other than some of the garbage about Pete not being a good presence. But all the nonsense that we had under previous managers stopped. With Buck, because he could manage the press. And I don't know how this new guy, who we took away from your Yankees, Carlos Mendoza, is going to do. I think Carlos Mendoza was pretty well respected by all in the Yankee organization. I'm glad he got a job. Uh, You know, it's kind of funny, because the the former Met manager before Buck went to the Yankees to be the third base coach. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and honestly, he's younger. Uh, and that guy's going to get a, another opportunity, I think, down the road at some time, you know. But but I, I think that the manager, the managing this team is not going to be easy. But I think he'll get the most out of that team, you know. I I, I think he's uh, I think he's a pretty sharp kid, and I I don't I think that he was listened to, you know, a lot by by Aaron Boone, who I think is also a good manager. But I think he's. But there's I, also, I, I mean, there's intangible factors that like. We know Francisco Lindor really liked Buckshow Walter. I mean, yeah. Francisco Lindor is one of our centerpiece players of the next 
seven years still. I mean, oh, yeah, he came out, gave he supported him at the after the season was over. He came out and said that Buck <laughs> Buck was a great manager. I love playing for him. You know, I mean, uh, it's 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 kind of interesting. I don't think that I don't think that the, the players uh, turned a deaf ear to Buck. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I, you know, and if anything, I thought Buck was was very, very good. Really? You really, if you look at the Buck. last third of the season with who was left on the roster because of injuries yeah. and people that were traded away, we did pretty well against yeah. some tough competition even with a pretty subpar roster by that point in the year um, to not completely fall apart and, and, and lose everything. Um, but let's see, oh. let's make some predictions because I think our okay. time on zoom is, is running out yep. um, about our, our baseball teams. Cause that probably is where there's more optimism than in the world of politics right now. Yep. Um, that's, that's, that's going to sustain me. I'm telling you. So we'll, um, we'll certainly do another kind of opening day ish yeah. episode when we come closer to that. But uh, as of now, spring training just began a few days ago, pitchers and catchers reported on Valentine's day. We're recording this on February 20th. So we're about a week into the spring so far, you know, everybody's in the best shape of their lives, of course, because that's what you hear constantly during spring training. Uh, this person's in the best shape of their life. What are you predicting? What's your kind of standings prediction at the moment for the Yankees? And what's the one thing you're looking forward to most as a Yankee fan watching this year? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I'm looking forward to uh, the number two hitter and the number three hitter, whether they be Judge and 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 uh, and Soda or, or or the opposite. Doesn't matter. Uh, and I'm and I'm looking at that. And I'm also looking that. Pitching from last year in the presence of Rodan and, and, and also uh, uh, the other lefty, they, those guys are going to have bounce back years. I'm thinking the Yankees are going to basically win 95 games, you know. Uh, and you does know. that overtake the Orioles and the Rays, who are both pretty good teams? Well, I think, I think the Rays have more problems than the Yankees or the Orioles. In but we terms think that every year, that they win 93 games. Pitches. I know that, and I, I don't get it. I don't know how that happens, but I'm going to say that they finished third. I think the Yankees and the Orioles will basically battle for the first spot. I do think the Orioles just had some bad news with their starting pitching, yeah. and I think ultimately you're going to see them sign either Montgomery or one of the other pitchers that are out there because they definitely need another pitcher. They yeah. lost their race, and um, uh, I, I don't think that they're – rotations is that deep now they're going to hit they have a they have a very good offensive team i'm just hoping that the yankees hit too you know and I, so i think that that'll be a dog fight and i i think 95 wins you know is 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 a pretty good number yeah that's what i'm thinking and i'm probably on the conservative side yeah for the mets i'm not quite as sanguine as you are um the braves are going to win this division Again, let's just 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 throw it out there. They're they're the class of the division. I get that. It's been the case most of my life anyway, so I'm just going to accept that as fact that the Braves are going to win the division in all likelihood. So can the Mets compete for a wild card? Um, I think we can because our bullpen is going to be better. We lost a lot of games last year because of the bullpen. We lost a lot of games late. Um, so that's that's a positive thing to look forward to as long as everybody stays healthy. Um, the thing I'm most interested to see this year with the Mets 
is how some of the young guys perform. Because we didn't go out and sign a third baseman. We're counting on Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos or somebody to work out at third base. And they were disasters last year. There's no way to get around it. Um, Beatty came up, was hot for about three days. And then the rest of the year looked like he had never played baseball before. Um, And he ultimately got sent down which is fine. Players get sent up and sent down. I mean, sometimes you still got to work it out. The guy looks like he's 12 years old. I know he's 20-something, but he has to bounce back this year because the Mets have put a lot into Brett Beatty being our third baseman. We've passed on opportunities for trades over the years. We haven't gone out and signed people that are available. So I'm going to be watching Beatty probably the most of anybody on the Mets. The other thing I'm watching... What is Starling Marte's health this year? Well, <laughs> because yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Right, we have we have Bader and Nimmo. I don't know which is going to play center and which is going to play left, but they'll play whatever. They're both pretty good in both, so that's fine. You know, both of them can hit. You know, kind of what you're going to get from them. Starling Marte has not has really had one healthy season his entire career. It's the year that he led the league in stolen bases a few years ago. Other than that, he's had injuries every year. And last year, you know, there was a little bit of deception with the Mets going on about what exactly was wrong with him. Um, He never really was healthy all year. You could tell it just by watching him, even from the beginning of the season, that he wasn't running the way he should be. So I think that's a big X factor for the Mets is what is Starling Marte's health? Because we don't really have anybody else to plug in there if he's only going to play under 80 games. Um, even if he's not going to play 120 games, the Mets don't really have a fourth outfielder who's a solid contributor to plug in there. Certainly in combination with what is Beatty giving you at third, because you can't be weak at third base and right field. You know, it's, it's interesting. You're going to score runs. You need production from those spots. If in fact you had a serious injury to a minor leaguer who was on the come, Mauricio. Yeah, Mauricio. That Mauricio. one hurts a lot. I was looking forward to Mauricio this year getting yeah. a shot. Yeah, shot at second base. You can move if if Mauricio is healthy, you could have moved McNeil to. Well, left that's to that's right. the option the Mets have is to throw McNeil into right field, which he yeah. can do, and that's fine. Yeah, absolutely, but yeah. then you have to have somebody else, and it was going to be Mauricio, but that's not possible now. So we don't really have a second baseman if you do that. We have Joey Wendell, who's like a one, you know, two hundred five hitter throughout yes. his career. Uh, not a, I, I, you know, that was, that's a, a bench player down the bench. I mean, yeah. So uh, I have them, I have the metric 40, 40 man I, open right I, now. And that, that was pretty much what we had. So um, no, I, there's this, but you know, that they have some shortstop slash second baseman down below. I, I have a solution to the third base problem, you know, okay. and potentially uh, your problem, if you don't sign Alonzo, they need a first base and sign Chapman. Sign Chapman, yeah. <laughs> it solidifies the infield. Still doesn't help you. Well, you, you still have McNeil at second base. Who's, I think he's very competent, McNeil. I think he's a good... I do, too. I think he's good in second and he's good in the outfield. Yeah. You know, I mean... Just looking, if the Mets were to try to just sign somebody else to play second base to throw out, to throw McNeil out in right field. Right now, Elvis Andrus is a free agent. Uh, not a bad move, yeah. <laughs> Jonathan yeah. Scope, who had some up and down time with the Orioles over the years. Yeah. Jesus, he's not a great fielder. 
Gene Segura, who won a batting title one year with Milwaukee, yeah. but has yeah. gone downhill since then. And Colton Wong, who is you got, what he is. You got these guys all down. <laughs> I know Colton Wong's from Korea, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, Joe, that's that's the beauty of baseball. I mean, <laughs> even though it's cold outside, you know, yep. games start this weekend. Down games start. <laughs> yep. And, you know, it'll it'll take our minds off the depressing political... Uh, we'll have some new energy for Mets spring training yes. games because uh, Daniel Murphy is going to fill in the booth a little bit for the Mets. Oh, that's good. Good, uh, good. As long as he doesn't talk politics. One, yeah. <laughs> one thing I, I, I really like about Steve Cohen, I mean, I know he's spent on the team, and that's great, but also he's just done a better job than the Wilpons ever did at keeping the Mets alumni yeah. involved with the oh, team. Oh, Absolutely. You know, bring, bring back fan favorites and, and you know, I bring kinda, back old timers day and retiring numbers. And uh, I, I understand the reload dish this year is going to, you know, like going to manifest itself in 2025. Because don't forget, they did get a bundle of younger players who need the minor leagues this year yeah. from training those pitchers. And, and they're carrying those pitching salaries for the most part on their payroll this yeah, year. They they're paying so all it's of dead cap. It's dead cap. They're paying most of the Scherzers. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I honestly think that, um, you know, they're, they're going to reload next year big time. And I think part of that is well, they'll make a push for you know, some. Who could be a second baseman is Ronald Acuna's younger brother who we traded. Yep. Yeah. He's uh, shortstop, right? He's a shortstop, but you can play second base if you can play short. Look, there's no opening at shortstop for the Mets, and there's not no. anytime soon. So, no. Luis Angel Acuna is going to have to play something else unless and, something and horrible what? happens to Francisco Lindor. So, they're the type of team with with somebody like that who's fast and who can steal bases. They'd be fun to watch. You know, yeah. that'll so, put it. That'll put a spark in the fan. In the, in and the, they, they, the they, 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 they have him on the forty man roster already. Yeah, Acuna. So. There's a chance we'll see him get a cup of tea this year, um, but maybe to set up next year. But, you know, I'm hopeful. I think real realistically, maybe the Mets can compete for a wild card. And that's the Mets situation most years of my life that we're hoping just for that. So I'll take it. But um, hope, springs hope springs eternal yes, in baseball. Is. So, Unless you have the Braves who finish first, even in the best year the Mets have in. Let's see what they do in the playoffs. They're dead in the playoffs normally. Well, remember last year, two years ago, even when Buck won manager of the year and the Mets won 103 games, the Braves won the division Yeah, because we tied and they had the tiebreaker against the Mets. So no matter what the Mets do, we just can't overcome the Braves. And it is what it is. Uh, I, I honestly believe that in, in coming years, the future's bright and, and, and that the Mets will. So on that note, let's go Mets. Here come the Yankees. At least the Nationals are going to suck. So we should finish ahead <laughs> Along of with the Red Sox. Along with the Red Sox. <laughs> we'll finish ahead of somebody, so hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, we'll come out the God's ear, Joe. <laughs> but uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, as always, reach out to us with what your thoughts are on politics, legal issues, or baseball. Uh, send us our condolence, your condolences to the Lions and the, the Packers. Um, we could have taken down the Chiefs uh, we did in week <laughs> one. But uh, take care, everybody. If you have any thoughts, reach out to us at Wigs for Wigs. That is W-I-G-S-F-O-R-W-H-I-G-S at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Send us uh, either an email or even a voice message that can be featured on a future episode. Uh, and until then, 
take care out there, and we'll see you for another episode soon of Wigs for Wigs. Take care, everybody. <laughs>